Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Monday, October the 11th. And uh, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, wherever you are, uh, I wish you God's grace, God's life, God's mercy, God's goodness. Uh, Thanks for being with me today as we break open more of God's Word together today and uh, in this week as we just kind of dive deeper into God's Word and say, hey, Lord, where are you inviting us? Where are you inviting us today? Where are you inviting us this week? How can we further say yes? That's, that's really what it's all about. And, uh, and I thank you for being uh, with me today to do that. Hey, um, if you are new to this podcast, glad that you are with. My name is Joe Zank. I am a, a lay pastoral leader within the uh, Diocese of Green Bay, Wisconsin in the United States, and uh, I work at three uh, parishes in rural and town settings in the southern part of the diocese, and uh, I am grateful to, uh, to break open the Word of God Monday through Friday. You know, we all hear it on the weekends, but oftentimes it's the daily Gospels that we don't hear, and so I break that open and um, say a few words, sometimes more than a few words on that. So uh, let's dive in before, uh, without further ado, shall we? Today's gospel, Luke chapter 11, verses 25, 29, excuse me, 29 to 32. So we pick up pretty much where we left off last week, but there is a short scripture verse that we missed on Saturday, and I'm going to go back and read it because it does point us in the direction of where today's gospel is going. But let's break open God's word together, shall we? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While still more people gathered in the crowd, Jesus said to them, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks a sign, but no sign will be given it, except the sign of Jonah. Just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. At the judgment, the Queen of the South will rise with the men of this generation, and she will condemn them, because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and there is something greater than Solomon here. At the judgment, the men of Nineveh will arise with this generation and condemn it, because at the preaching of Jonah they repented, and there is something greater than Jonah here. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So what are we we to talk about? I mean, this is a, it's a, Kind of a, an odd gospel. You know, Jesus is pointing back to the, the queen of, of Sheba. You know, that's the one who came from the south, the queen of the south, who came up to, to hear Solomon. Um, and pointing at the Ninevites and talking about the sign of Jonah. What, what are we to, to gather from this? Well, let's go back. I mentioned that I wanted to read the two verses that we missed from Saturday. Now, if you recall, last week we were talking about prayer, and we were talking about the need to, to open ourselves to prayer, and then um, 
that whole idea of when we open ourselves to allow the Spirit of God in, to exercise whatever demons, whatever is in that space, to, to take it out, but yet we have to fill it with the, the space with the Holy Spirit, right? Otherwise, we, we may be in a worse position. We talked about addiction within the midst of that. Well, immediately following that were these two verses, 27 and 28. While he was speaking, a woman from the crowd called out and said to him, Blessed is the womb that carried you and the breasts at which you nursed. He replied, Rather, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. Now, you know, that's just kind of a throwaway story, right? I mean, this this person in the crowd, this woman from the crowd that calls call, is calling out and saying, listen, blessed is the womb that carried you and the breast of which you nursed. Basically saying, blessed is Mary, right? All nations will call me blessed. We know that. Mary says that herself to Elizabeth in Luke. It, it's a true statement. Um, but Jesus is saying, but, but brothers and sisters, we got to look beyond that person. We got to look beyond the womb that carried me, Mary's, and the breasts at which you know he he nursed uh, again, Mary's, and say you know that they are blessed. He's he's not disagreeing with the point, but he's saying rather he's saying here's where I want you to look. Blessed are those who hear the word of God, and observe it. Let that be the foundation for what we hear today. So now, going back, I think it helps us unpack these four verses. So, he says that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. And then still more people gather in the crowd. And he says to them, this generation is an evil generation. It seeks a sign, remember? He was throwing out demons and they wanted a sign that he wasn't from Beelzebul. He's like, hey man, I just cast out demons. Don't you get it? Don't you get it? And he's saying this generation is is an evil generation because it seeks a sign. It seeks more than what you're already seeing and hearing. But no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Here's where I've tripped up for years. It was my thought. I mean, for, oh gosh, almost all my life. When Jesus says the sign of Jonah, he's talking about Jonah being thrown off the ship. We know the, the story of Jonah. Um, you know, Jonah was called by God to go to the arch enemy, the Ninevites, and preach repentance. And Jonah didn't want the Ninevites to repent because he hated them. He didn't want God's mercy and forgiveness to end up there. So he ran the other way. He was a reluctant prophet. Well, you know what, what happens. The storms come up and they find out he's running from God and they cast him overboard. And he, he is in the depths. He's in the depths, which, by the way, sometimes we all are. I mean, Jonah is such a great story because we can find ourselves there in so many ways. But he's swallowed up by this fish, this great fish. We, we often say a whale. And he's three days in the belly of the beast, and he's spit up on the coast of the, of, uh, the Ninevites. And I, my, my thought was that was the sign of Jonah. Three days in the belly of the beast, just as Jesus would be three days in the grave. And he does use that as the sign later when the, the uh, people are adorning the temple and, uh, and, and lavishing praise upon it. And he uses Jonah then to the Pharisees and the scribes. Uh, but that's not the context he's using here. At least that's not my understanding. 
There will be no sign given it except the sign of Jonah. What was the sign of Jonah? Next verse. Just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. Jonah was not assigned to the Ninevites because of he was swallowed in the, in the belly of the fish. Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites by his reluctant preaching of repentance. Remember, he, it, was a, it was a huge city. It took you three days to walk through end to end. He had only walked one day, one day, reluctantly preaching repentance. And all of them, from the king to the poorest to the cattle, dressed in sackcloth and ashes and repented. They simply heard his word of repentance. They knew they were in need of it, and they acted on it. That was the sign to which Jesus is pointing here. He points to that different sign another time, but not here. Here it is merely hearing the word of God and acting on it. Remember what he said to the woman who said, blessed is the woman, the womb, that uh, that bore you and the breasts that nursed you. And he says, rather blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. Meaning blessed are those who heard Jonah's word in Nineveh and acted upon it. Blessed are those, and, and you Israelites, you are not doing that. And that's why he says that the judgment, the queen of the south will rise against the men of this generation and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, but there's something greater than Solomon here. And at the judgment, the men of Nineveh will rise against you, this generation condemn it. Why? Because of the preach of Jonah, preaching of Jonah, reluctantly, they repented, but you are not. There's something greater than Jonah here. Brothers and sisters, what this invites us to today is fairly simple. You know, we're, we're not talking about bellies of the beasts and, and resurrection and everything. We're simply saying, do you know those areas of your life from which you need to, to turn? Because that's what repent means, right? The, do you know you're in need of repentance? Do I know? And let this word, not, not Joe's word, goodness sakes, no. Let the word of Jesus challenge us today. Because at the, at the judgment, the, the women and men of Nineveh, the women and men of Jerusalem will arise and say, hey, listen, you had the word. You knew it. You knew who Jesus was. We didn't even know fully who he was. You do. You know the end of the story. But did you repent? Did you turn around? Or are we comfortable? Because, brothers and sisters, being comfortable or being in routine Oh, those are hard to break. You know, all of us are trying to break that routine just from the last year and a half of the pandemic. We get into those routines, and, and as a country, we're trying to break them. As a church, we're trying to break them. As individuals, we're trying to break them. We can easily get comfortable in routine and not want to change. Brothers and sisters, do you and I know we are in need of repentance? We, are, we, are, we have not fully arrived at the, at the feet of Jesus as Martha was doing last week and, and comfortably can say, I've, I've, I've made all the changes I need to make. And that's where that silence and allowing God to look within us and seeing within us, it can break us open, brothers and sisters. And that's gift. It's hard gift, but it's gift 
to be able to look in and with the eyes of Jesus, see all those areas of ourselves that when we don't take time to look at, we, we can avoid them. But when we simply sit in silence for 10 or 15 minutes and allow God to look within and allow us with God to look within, we see him because they come up. Those are the areas our God invites us to turn, from which to turn. That's it. Did you know, brothers and sisters, because I didn't, uh, without doing a little bit of research, today, it's certainly not a high feast day. It's only an optional one. So this is even lower than, you know, uh, some of the the feasts we've been doing the last uh, two weeks. But it is the optional feast of St. John, Pope John the 23rd. Now, Pope John the 23rd was the pope who called for the Second Vatican Council. He was a bridge pope. Pope Pius XII was a, a pope for a lengthy period of time. And oftentimes, when there is a pope for a lengthy period of time, think John Paul II, who was like second or third longest papacy uh, in the history of the papacy. The, the, the cardinals often will elect a bridge pope. And Benedict, after uh, John Paul II, was believed to be a, a bridge pope as well because he was so old at the time, and they, they figured that the, he wouldn't be pope for a long period of time. Well, they didn't think John the Twenty Third was, and he wasn't. He was only pope for about five years. was elected in 58, and on the feast of the conversion of, of Paul, which is January 25th of 1959, so he hadn't even been pope for a year. He'd only been pope for like eight, eight months or so. He called, and, and it wasn't just a spur of the moment. It wasn't the pizza he had the night before. He had, uh, he had uh, had a vision, I believe it was earlier in October, and he acted on it on the fe- Feast of the Conversion of Paul. And that's when he called for the, the Second Vatican Council. He called for a convening of the council. Now, a bridge pope, they, they thought, would never do such a thing. I mean, that's a huge action in the life of the church. And, it, it, and, and all the prep work took three years of the first Session didn't uh, didn't come into play until 1962, and that was the only one that John the 23rd uh, lived to see. But he set the tone for the council, and and here's what I want to say. I, I won't go into more about it. He was such a grandfatherly good man. But here's my point in bringing it up. The Second Vatican Council, uh, even at the time, was resisted by a number of people. And, uh, and, and some of them even became schismatic, meaning they left the church and, uh, and have not come back to it. And, and there have been people within the Curia and within all reaches of church that have, um, have not enacted on it. Why? Because it invites us to change who we are. That's what I'm trying to bring at full scale into, into our reading today. That, that this isn't just true for the time of Jesus. This is true for our time. And, and Pope Francis is trying to make us a more synodal, uh, a synodality uh, a church, and he's calling for a synod of synods coming up here in the next year or two. That, that, that's uh, two years of prep work before, in 2023, the, the bishops and cardinals come together for the synod on synodality. And he's trying to act that reform too. But yet you see throughout our, our, our world this um, resistance to where, where even Francis is inviting us. The whole idea here is, brothers and sisters, we are called to newness. We are called to change. We are called to reform in our lives as individuals 
and yes, in our church, in our country, all of this. And we can resist it because we don't want to take those steps because I don't like it. And Jesus would look at us and say, you know what? The women and men of Nineveh are going to rise against you because you heard the word and didn't act on it. Brothers and sisters, we have this present moment. Jesus tells us that in, in, in verse 28. Rather, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. I mean, it is, it is prophetic for us today. You know, our psalm, had we read our psalm today, would say this. The Lord has made known his salvation. That's what we're talking about, brothers and sisters. The Lord has made known his salvation to us. How will we act in it? Will we say, that's fantastic, and simply go about our business? You know, I, I, there's a lyric from a song, and I'm going to say it poorly, but I love the image, and I'll get the image to you. And, and it says this, how can one go to the edge of the Grand Canyon and see it? And it's like throwing a pebble in the Grand Canyon and, and seeing its wonder and awe and walk back and resume the life that they had. Doesn't that seeing that majestic sight change us in some way? Brothers and sisters, the Lord has made known his salvation. Do we allow that incredible fact and his word today to change us in some way? Or do we merely go back to our life as it was? Let's pray. We have uh, reached the sorrowful mysteries this week, brothers and sisters, and so let's take whatever's going on within our life again and entrust it to that wonderful God who invites us to a new place. And we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The first sorrowful mystery, the agony in the garden. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. St. Pope John the Twenty-Third, pray for us. My friends, have a wonderful Monday. May God's blessings and peace rest upon you. And I look forward to us being back together and breaking open more of God's word together tomorrow. God's peace.